0: Alrighty folks, let's get into the let's get into the meat of this episode. And we'll start it off with the Renaissance Dam in Ethiopia, which Ethiopia has just finished. Now this dam is slated to supply 6 gigawatts of electric power, which will now be generated in Ethiopia and that's a lot of power. And it's also going to supply electricity to Sudan, who was in on the deal while the dam was being constructed. And while they were filling up the locks and the reservoirs of water in the dam, because uh, that's what they've been doing for the past like year and a half, j- filling up the reservoirs. So they've been doing that. E- e- Egypt was really concerned about that and the water supply. And now that I think about it, the completion of this dam without any Egyptian interference here, and as well as the fact that they both joined BRICS at the same time, I think that potential crisis has now passed. I think that the, the, the Nile question has been resolved, and it's not going to be war. Peace through development is what appears to be on the table. Ethiopia has not sort of... Well, I say Ethiopia. Egypt has not intervened to prevent the construction of the dam. They, ha- they haven't had this mass humanitarian crisis from Ethiopia filling up the locks in the dam and the reservoirs. At a, at, a, at a speed that would, you know, deprive Egypt from too much water. And now the dam is complete. And now places like Sudan and Eritrea and Somalia are going to be supplied with electricity. Of course, the Ethiopians are going to be supplied with that electricity as well, and the spare electricity will be sold to their neighbors so that a new source of wealth and revenue has now been generated for the Ethiopian state to to use for development projects of their choosing. This is a massive, massive development, especially in light of the, the Egypt stuff, because... My main fear, my main concern during the Ethiopian Civil War was that some faction in that war, because it got messy for a little bit, my concern was that someone was going to sabotage the dam or that Ethiopia—that I keep trying to say Ethiopia when I'm saying Egypt. <coughs> some faction in Ethiopia was going to sabotage the dam. I was concerned that Egypt might come in and try to sabotage the dam. Uh, I was talking about the logistics of how they would have to go through Sudan to do that. And Sudan isn't exactly a stable country, and you see the the chaos in Sudan right now. And even when that broke out, I'm like, okay, well, now the dam is in trouble again, <laughs> because this time instead of a, a civil war in Ethiopia, now it's a civil war in Sudan, and conflict can spill out. And you see all these coups uh, across the Sahel, the the entire this belt running from Sudan all the way to uh, the Ivory Coast, and it's like, geez this place just can't catch a break. But here we are. There's no there's no Egyptian intervention. There was no rogue actors in Ethiopia or Sudan who sabotaged the dam. The reservoirs have been filled up. No humanitarian crisis in Egypt. The Nile still flows. And now electricity has been brought to the Horn of Africa in a major way this is a massive positive positive development for africa specifically the horn of africa this is huge this is and it's clear and it, they don't need oil for this ethiopia doesn't need oil for this it's a massive it's a dam it's hydroelectric so they can now begin development projects that would otherwise have required a greater source of electricity they can now start doing that right now they can start sort of maybe more intensive mining operations for the undoubted uh, the undoubted mineral wealth within Ethiopia uh, mountains tend to be rich in resources like that's that's just something i've come to, come to notice and ethiopia is a very mountainous country so we can probably expect more energy intensive mining operations in ethiopia which may even end up enabling them to extract more valuable resources and minerals. And then they'll have the electricity to supply refineries, mineral refineries with the power necessary to do the energy intensive work of refining these metals and minerals and materials that they have into usable goods, value added goods. And then you have an even greater source of wealth and revenue. You have more jobs and more opportunities. This dam is revolutionary. It really is a renaissance dam in Ethiopia. And it's done against all the odds. And granted, the odds weren't exactly the highest, but there was real danger that something could happen. And they've made it through. This dam is going to revolutionize the Horn of Africa. It's going to revolutionize East Africa. and. It's even going to reach down, perhaps, perhaps, It's this is a, you have to remember Africa is a really, really big place. Some of this electricity is going to make its way into the states of the East African Federation. Some of, this, some of this electricity is going to make its way down there. And then those are going to have derivative effects for everyone else. Sudan, once it's done with its civil war, they were in on the deal from the start, or a lot earlier than a lot of other countries. They're locked in, they're going to get cheap electricity, so once they're done fighting, they'll have electricity for development projects of their choosing as well. If I'm not mistaken, Sudan has oil. And they they have, they have stuff, all right, they have stuff. At a bare minimum, they have the Nile River, uh, the Blue Nile and the White Nile, merging into what we call the Nile. So they can have potentially mechanized farming methods uh, for greater food production. This is revolutionary. This is truly revolutionary. And you know, it's nice to see. It's nice to see good news. It, It really is. Especially in a place that's just been riddled with conflict and trouble for so long. It's nice to see, oh, wow, there's some good news coming out. Just like when the Middle East had that wave of peace deals sort of just spring up and it's like, oh, wow, who would have thought the Middle East would have this sort of diplomatic revolution where they're not going to be killing each other anymore? It's one of those things where just five, ten years ago, you you would have never seen coming. Or, and certainly not this fast, like we saw Iran becoming the dominant power of the Middle East and everyone sort of shifting and realigning themselves to that reality. But then you have China coming in and brokering that deal, but to normalize completely relations between Saudi Arabia and Iran, you had Saudi Arabia allowing Iranian delegates to come to Saudi Arabia in person to attend and take their seats at the organization of islamic cooperation it's and then you had syria being brought back into the arab league all these positive developments i think that this region the the sort of north the horn of africa northeast africa you know egypt and whatnot combined with the middle east i think that this region is going to have one hell of a century i think the because a lot of people think that it's, it's going to be the new american century or it's going to be the asian century no one bothers to talk about the europeans or, or latin america but i think it's going to be the middle eastern century because when you look at the demographics uh, and we talked about this uh, a few months ago look at the demographics the the East Asia, while they're going to be rich, they're also going to be in demographic decline. Europe is going to go back to the bottom of the pecking order, like they were in the pre-Columbus era of geopolitics, which is uh, like the majority of human history. With the United States and Russia being the key outliers in that equation, in Africa, well, they're going to have a, a better go at it than they did, certainly in the 19th century, the 1800s, and then in the 1900s for uh, the first half of the 1900s anyway i think we're looking at the middle east doing spectacularly i think that as a when you're talking about regions specifically the middle east is going to have the best time out of all and and i say middle east but i'm talking not just about you know the middle east that we think of arabia turkey iran but pakistan i think the middle east plus the north east africa and the horn of africa they're gonna have a great time and we're seeing the 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 baseline of that right now the end of this era of conflict that has plagued them and then you're gonna start to see these these projects like the dam that ethiopia just built the renaissance dam the the belt and road the russian energy infrastructure and security architecture uh, the, the, all these peace deals and the end of the fighting and the removal of U.S. influence, quite frankly, all that's going to come together, That, along with these international organizations where you have these overlapping memberships, it's going to create a security architecture that's going to form the basis of rapid development and rapid, rapid rise in prosperity. And it's it's going to be unlike anything we've seen out of this region, or anything we've come at, ugh, anything we've come to expect out of this region. It's going to be like nine hundred A.D. when when the Arabs sort of just popped up onto the scene, and then you had the first Caliphate. We're going to be looking at something like that. Now the Europeans aren't going to be happy about that. <laughs> uh, they'll they'll find their way, probably maybe. Don't quote me. But uh, yeah. it's not going to be a problem for us. We're going to be happy. We're going to be, we in America are going to be upset that we don't have direct lines of access to do trade with the Middle East. That's what we're going to be concerned about. Not, oh no, they're a new threat to the United States. That era of American geopolitics is coming to an end so fast, and I can't, I am so happy to see it go. Because all these great trends are happening, and it's just a matter of them, it's just a matter of getting to the other side where America's the great trading nation, where the, the conflicts, the endless wars end, and you have this new order that just makes sense. Now, unfortunately, again, for the Europeans, they're gonna be at the very bottom of that order, but places like Ethiopia, Egypt, Arabia, Iran, China and India, Russia, United States, even Latin America, everyone else is gonna be doing really well. And the Europeans are going to, I I, say they're going to be at the bottom. And as a region, they will be for a number of reasons, uh, demographics being uh, at the top of the list. But certain states are going to do very well. Britain, if it ever commits to the Brexit, is going to do very well. They're an island nation. They have to trade. They have to trade. It's just integral to their being. France, Spain, Portugal, they're on the west coast of Europe. They can interface with the wider world if they choose to do so. Italy is smack dab in the middle of the Mediterranean. They have trade with <laughs> with the Middle East, North Africa, and Europe. They will be the middlemen of the European powers in this new age, right along cuz a lot of pipelines that come out from North Africa and from the Middle East are going to go through Italy before they get to North northern Europe. And that's going to be huge for Italy. It's going to be like the spice trade, except it's energy and perhaps even cheap manufacturers from East Asia, uh, assuming that Italy stays in the Belt and Road because they're, they're, they're toying with the idea of leaving the Belt and Road right now. So that aspect might be taken away. But yeah, you're gonna we're going to see all these countries and Ethiopia, e- Ethiopia, Egypt. Uh, perhaps even the East African Federation, they're going to be having this incredible time developing. And one country's wealth is, through trade and through mutually beneficial deals, going to influence and further another country's wealth. And it's going to be this chain reaction of wealth creation a chain reaction of wealth creation from really rich and wealthy countries when you look at the resources available to them. And again, Ethiopia is mineral rich, and they're going to be able to access more energy-intensive methods of extracting and then refining those goods. Ethiopia is going to have a great time. And the, the finishing of this dam is just the start. Just the start we'll we'll see where the europeans fit in because some countries are going to do better than others again the west european states they can do trade with the world i see spain being a a potential gas hub for north african gas and oil coming into europe as well as sort of alternative routes to italy uh we'll see if they're we'll see if they go along with that we'll see if they go along with that or if they do something self-destructive for the time being, that's what it looks like they might do. But again, gotta make sure, gotta watch and see if they don't do something that completely sabotages that, like Italy's doing right now, trying to leave the Belt and Road. No, you have the best of both worlds. Stay your goofy ass where you are right now and just reap the rewards. What's China gonna do to you? You're in the middle of the Mediterranean. <laughs> like, like, come on now. <coughs> at a certain point common sense has to has to reign has to rule the day and i think common sense is coming back in a big way and smart countries in europe are going to be able to they're going to be able to get themselves a very nice and comfortable place in that new order especially countries like italy spain and even greece who have really advantageous geographies located next to these areas. They're going to be, they're are going to be developing and getting wealthier at a rather rapid pace. Cause Africa still has good demographics. So if you pair the good demographics to their rich, the richness of African resources and the economic development enabled by Chinese and Russian and even Japanese projects and development projects, if you're in the Mediterranean, you're good. You're good. Especially Italy, Spain, and Greece. But will they get the politics right? That's that's the key. Will they get the deal, or are they going to sit there and go, we're not going to make a deal with this authoritarian leader? <laughs> that's going to be the killer. That's going to be an absolute killer. That That stuff has to go out the window. It's... It's slowly but surely leaving America. It's and it's taking its sweet time leaving America, but my goodness, if they don't get the politics right, they're gonna miss out on so much. Go- oh, it's gonna be such a missed opportunity, especially if Italy's the one that drops the ball on that. Like, there's no reason why Italy should not have a great and magnificent time in this new multipolar world as the middleman between Europe and literally everyone else from the, from the southern axis there's no reason especially since Italy is going to be unified this time around instead of a series of city states like there are gr- better <laughs> there are worse places to be like Denmark <laughs> but yeah that, that uh, this this damn It's been a long time coming. It's been quite the tumultuous road getting here. But now that we're here and the dam is finished, you have this massive branching field of opportunity. And it's, it's again, such a bright and positive development that I think is going to be just the beginning. I think Ethiopia is going to have a great time in the 21st century. I really do. This segment was taken from my podcast, This Week in Geopolitics. I have new episodes every Monday, so if you like what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Servus.